Welcome to Keep Calm and Homeschool On with Jesus. This is a, another Godcast episode. Want to make that really clear. I had a negative review on my podcast from somebody that was quite upset that I was talking too much about religion, about my faith. And so I am trying to make that more clear. I do hear that and I do value and respect that you have a right to know what I'm talking about. So let's just make it really clear right off the bat. Today is a Godcast. It is all about God. I will be talking about spiritual authority and what I feel like he's laid on my heart and what he's been teaching me about that. We're going to be talking a little bit about a read through the Bible in a year free chronological Bible reading plan that I came up with and just other random things. So if you are looking for homeschool related advice, that will be coming on Monday. But let's also be really clear that God is going to come through in everything I talk about and this review said it's happening more and more it's getting worse and although I I do want to respect that you of course have a right to you know choose if this is a podcast you want to listen to or not um I also want to make sure that I'm honest with you guys that it is coming through more and more and it's going to come through more and more because God is just calling me I believe to speak and to not be afraid to speak and to not feel like I have to be limited because homeschooling in my faith for me are so intertwined and it is the reason that I'm homeschooling. So it is going to come out more and more. So let's just make sure, I just want to make sure I lay that foundation moving forward um, for anybody that just feels like this maybe isn't the right place for them. Secondly, I and I want to just mention the read through the Bible in a year. I know that I said we were going to start this week and we are, but I want to give it that one more week. I also want to make sure we lay this this really clear expectation that this is grace-based. I am going to fall off this wagon, you guys. It's going to happen. My life is so insane. I know it's going to happen. And so if if I can't look at this with grace, if I can't look at this with I'm going to do my best and it's not about checking off the boxes, it's about relationship with God. Any time that you spend with him is not time wasted. So instead of looking at this as we're going to get it all done, we're just going to cram it all in, just like we look at that with our kids' education and we think that's not, there's a superior method. It's not all about how much information can we cram in? It's about the quality. It's the same thing with reading through the Bible. It's not about how much information we can cram in. It is about the quality of the time spent and what is actually speaking through to our hearts. So this is important. When we go into this, just check the next box. Just do the next thing or just stop if you fall off, if you get sick, if things happen and you know, are falling behind, just join us where we're at. Don't feel like you have to catch up. And again, God is going to speak to you. He's faithful. He doesn't need you to do it in order, you guys. He can speak to you out of order because he is an amazing God. So just to encourage you in that, I really want to make sure if you missed out on that free printable, it doesn't matter when you download it. You can just participate anytime. I will make sure to link it in this podcast episode. So just go to homeschoolon.com and check that out. Before we begin talking about spiritual authority, I do want to say a little bit about Nashville's um, convention. So I was in Teach Them Diligently Nashville this past weekend and I spoke five different sessions. I had a booth for Gather Round Homeschool curriculum and it was amazing. It was amazing. It blew my expectations out of the water. It was incredibly humbling. Here I went into it praying for just a cloak of humility and I almost felt like, okay, it was it was almost too far. Maybe I needed to pray for God to ground me in my identity and my confidence in him because my confidence was constantly seeming to take a hit. Even walking into a room, my rooms were packed for the most part. Um, and some of my sessions were just like people, you know, couldn't find places to sit and 
walking into those rooms and seeing them filled up just just it was everything I could do to not cry I just wanted to go and cry I just felt so humbled by um by just the fact that God is using my chaos and my mess and who am I to be talking about this stuff and who am I to have anyone look up to me in any capacity because I am I feel like the the hot mess person I'm the person that's just kind of floundering my way through and and trying to figure it out as I go and so it was very humbling and it was it was incredible to see the way that God is moving and the way that he is working and how this is not just me speaking or just me creating a curriculum this is this is really a movement this is a movement for seeking more in our relationship with God this is a movement in curriculum and seeking more in our homeschools and for not settling and um I'm just excited I'm excited to see where he's going to take it I'm excited for my other conventions. If you are looking for me, I'm going to be speaking in a few weeks um, at matches in Manitoba, Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, That's beginning of April. And then I'm going to be speaking again end of May at Thrive, North Carolina. I'm speaking... that's May, end of June at Who Convention in Tacoma, Washington. I'm speaking end of July at Valley Home Educators in um, Modesto, California. And then we have a gather round retreat we're putting together. We're going to be selling tickets for it coming up this week. And that is going to be in Edmonton, Alberta. And there will be physical product there, but it's going to be a retreat. I'm trying to get my mom to speak at it. I'm going to be speaking. We're going to be leading worship. And it's just going to be a really special time, um, not just about curriculum, but just to be encouraged and refreshed as we go into the homeschool year, and that's end of August. So lots of things to look forward to, and I'm excited to see where God takes it and just the different people that he brings alongside of us. And um, yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's really, really, really incredible. So anyways, if you came out and saw me there, thank you so much. Thank you for coming to my sessions. It's really awkward to speak to an empty room. Okay, and thank you for coming and seeing me at my table or for taking a picture with me or for sharing your story or your testimony of how God is working. It is so encouraging and it keeps me going and it reminds me why I'm doing this and it reminds me that this is so much bigger than just myself because sometimes it's discouraging, sometimes it's exhausting. And so I just really appreciate each and every one of you for listening, for leaving a review, for for anything that you do to support this. It matters. It matters and it it does honestly keep me going on this. So I just appreciate it. Okay. Spiritual authority. Oh man. All right. So when it comes to spiritual authority, there have definitely been seasons in my life that I have seen God move powerfully, incredibly powerfully. And there have been seasons and, and times in my life where I have felt like I have asked for things or I've prayed for things and I have not seen those come to pass. And that is not easy. I feel like in our culture, we have two choices with that. We either choose to to say, okay, I prayed for this and this did not happen. Therefore, God just no longer speaks or moves or that, you know, he no longer heals or miracles don't happen anymore. And that was just for that time. And it is for a season or it's very, very, very rare. Um, you know, we just, we're just not going to hope for those or believe for those. We are just going to, we're just going to kind of live out our life as best we can in relationship with him. And that's that. 
or we begin to base our theology or understanding of God based on our experiences. So we say, okay, I believe that God heals. I believe that God moves. I believe that he is miraculous, miracle working God. However, because I'm praying and not seeing it, he's just not that for me. Or he just isn't good for me. Or he just isn't faithful to me. Or maybe there's something I'm doing wrong. Or we put it all on ourselves or on God and our understanding of God and we begin to base our theology on our circumstances. I think both of those are dangerous because the reality is, is that we know that God says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that he never changes. All throughout the Bible, God did miraculous signs. All throughout the Bible, God broke down our understanding of him and our little boxes that we tried to put him in and constantly tried to put him in. He does miracles. He speaks. He moves. He desires relationship with us. He heals. Everything bows a knee to God, to the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Sickness has to bow at the name of Jesus. So we believe that. We believe in the power of God that is true because it is in the Bible. And what's in the Bible is true. So I think sometimes we got to go way back to the beginning of do we believe that the Bible is true? It's so easy, you guys, to say this in our heads. And yet when it comes to walking it out, we don't actually. A long time ago, not a long time ago, two years ago, God began to really work on my understanding of faith. And I had believed and I feel like I have been taught that faith was believing what you couldn't see. And to an extent, that's true. Um, But I think it goes so much deeper than that. Believing what I cannot see. So I can't see God, but I believe he exists. Therefore, wow, I have faith. I am such a faith-filled person. But that's, that's so easy to say something like that in your head. What true faith is, is when you walk as if it's already happened. Yeah, that pause was intentional because that is not easy. That's like a whole different, that is like faith without works. That's where when it says faith without works is dead, it's not talking about you have to actually do things in order to, you know, sometimes I think we, for me anyways, my understanding of that faith without works is dead was that we have to believe God, but we also have to be a good Christian and we actually have to do things in this life. We can't just say we believe him and sit down and never do anything in our lives. Works aren't how we get to heaven, but we do have to do good works at the same time. You know, we need both. We need we need to believe in God and, and we need to walk that out. We need to show that. But again, that was such a limited understanding of faith because faith is, I believe that this chair is going to sustain me. It's going to hold me up. I have total trust and confidence in this chair, so much so that I'm going to sit down without even looking at this chair. I'm not going to slowly eke down. I'm not going to like test its weight first. I'm just going to plop my body down. And if, I, if this chair is going to fail me, I'm going to fall flat on my face because I'm putting all my confidence, all my weight in one move on this chair. That's faith. I'm going to walk up to that light and I'm going to flick it on with full expectation. I am actually doing things. I am, I am working and my works prove my belief. They prove my belief. When I walk over there and I flick on that light switch, that is actually that action is proving that I believe that when I turn on that light, it's going to, something's going to happen. I would be shocked if the light didn't work. I would think, what is wrong? What happened to our electrical? Did we remember to pay the bills? Because for me, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that when I flick that switch, that light is going to come on. When it comes to my relationship with God, do I walk in that kind of faith where I will actually do things based on my belief? No, not as much as I should, not as much as I could, not in the full capacity of that. I pray with this expectation of, you know, maybe I believe you can, but I don't really believe you will. I don't really believe you will. 
Or, or I say, it's so easy to say, yes, I believe that God heals. But when it comes down to it, I'm even scared to ask because I'm scared that if I ask that he won't. So when it comes to the actual action part of faith, am I truly believing or am I believing with my head, professing with my mouth, but not actually believing in my heart and walking that out? So I believe that God has begun to show me that he wants me to step into this different this different part of faith. And he is so gracious and he is so good because it started with such small baby steps in our life. And and he has just worked that up bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger into what he's asked of us. Um, One of the biggest faith walks that we did was we were living in in this little town close to family and friends and we had lots of support. I had babysitters whenever I needed them. My kids were super close to their cousins. We were in a very comfortable spot in our lives. But we felt, my husband actually had a dream, Jonathan had a dream, and I felt like I knew that that meant that we were moving. He had this dream that we went to this place where there was indigenous people and there was ministry and he just, he had this, it was a very strong dream. And while he even said it to me, he was just like, whoa, weird, I had this weird dream. I started just weeping because I had this very strong sense that we were going far, far, far away. And that day, I think we were finished with our conversation. We got a call from staffing, he's RCMP, that they had a position for us and it was it was in Haida Gwaii, which was a you know two-day trip from where we were, eight-hour ferry ride, very, very, very remote, very difficult to get to, not somewhere we could come and visit very often for our family, um, very limited internet. You have a once-a-week ferry, hope it comes and there's no storm. Otherwise, you just, there's no milk on the island and, you know, like that kind of stuff. We had this very unique, very, um, crazy experience where we felt like God was asking us to leave everything and to go. It started out with that and that was hard. Then we felt like he was asking us to go even if our house didn't sell. And that was hard because our house wasn't selling. It wasn't selling. It wasn't selling. Of course, I'm like the let's go, let's go person. So I said to my husband, you know, I just think that that we just got to do this. We just got to go even though it hasn't sold and just trust God and just believe. And finally, it had been months and months and months and months. My husband was like, no, we're not going unless we sell this house. Finally, he said, I said, do you believe that we're supposed to go? Yes, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Then then we need to do it and trust that God is going to fill in all of those gaps. So the day that he said that, okay. And so we started filling in the paperwork for that. It was that weekend that we got two offers in our house and we had nothing, not one single offer until then. So it was the beginning of God teaching us teaching us faith, teaching us to walk it out even when we couldn't see, to believe him even if we didn't have all the answers worked out. From there, we felt like God called us to where we are now and we came for this house hunting trip, found the house that I really, really wanted, went back and everything fell through and we could not afford to make another trip down and we knew that we were going to have to either let this opportunity fall by and not move or we were going to have to choose a house sight unseen. And so we ended up having my... um, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law do a little FaceTime videos through different houses and we chose a house a complete fixer-upper based on that and based on you know yeah anyways we never even saw it we didn't even do a house inspection because we said what's the point what's the point of doing a house inspection because we know we're supposed to be there so it's just gonna just be discouraging let's just leave it no house inspection this is what we'll do we bought a house sight unseen moved in and then you know I cried a little bit because it was quite a fixer-upper <laughs> pictures always make it look in my mind a little bit better than even it was it was it was pretty rough so needless to say God has taken us on this journey 
of trusting him. And he has been so faithful and so good in not having this expectation of our faith needs to be here. He has helped our faith to grow by asking us small things. And when you are faithful, when you are obedient, when you say yes, when you step off that ledge, even if it's just a little bit and you don't know what's going to happen in a small, small, small way, it grows your faith. And the more that your faith grows, your expectation grows. The Bible says in Hebrews 6 that that um, he goes, goes through the hall of fame. I think it's Hebrews, maybe it's Hebrews 11. Um, anyways, in Hebrews, it's talking about the hall of faith. And it talks about all these people. And it goes through all these by faith, Abraham believed, by faith. And it goes through all these people. And at the end, it says... Um, it says, and yet every one of these people died without seeing some of their promises fulfilled. And so we are we are expected to believe and to trust, and even when we don't see it happen. Believe and trust and walk as if it has happened, even if it hasn't, because regardless, we can trust that if it doesn't happen on this side of heaven, heaven is going to happen on the other side. My little sister has a very serious um, condition. When she was about five years old, she was diagnosed with it after she had had a cardiac arrest. Her heart just stopped beating. She was really young. And we went in and tried to figure out what was going on and discovered that she has this condition that there's no cure for and there's no explanation for. And it is called primary pulmonary hypertension. And so the pressures in her heart were very high. Um, The pressures in the pulmonary artery going to her lungs were very, very high. And so we tried a whole bunch of different medication over her life. She's had 32-ish cardiac arrest. She just had another one this Christmas. And um, and just, I mean, every single time she comes back, it's a miracle. And the fact that she's lived as long as she has is miraculous. And yet we have prayed and we've prayed and we've prayed and we've prayed. And we've had other people pray and we've had churches pray. And we've had people that that I believe have spiritual authority pray. And yet we have not seen her completely healed from her sickness from her condition. She has not been completely healed of that. How do you wrestle with that? How do you walk forward with this with this um, confidence of spiritual authority when you don't always see your prayers answered? That's not easy. And yet we can't actually come up with some some magic formula for this. There isn't some specific prayer that you need to do. There isn't a way that you pray that is necessarily going to work. There isn't a a format that we can put God in that he is just going to answer when we do this or not answer when we do that. It's not even necessarily about how spiritual we are as far as, oh, well, people who are more spiritual are going to have more more sway versus, you know what I mean? We put all these things in these criteria because in the human natural realm, that is the way that authority is based. But the reality is, is God's kingdom is so different from, from the natural realm that we face. So I want to talk a little bit about spiritual authority. Now that we kind of have looked at that, I believe that spiritual authority is, is based in a number of different things. I think our authority is based on our identity in Christ, who we are in Christ. And I want to go to, let me find it here. Luke 10, 19 says, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. We have authority because we are sons and daughters of the living God. We have authority because we are adopted. We are adopted. We are his. We have his seal. We are covered by his blood. We are protected by him. We have authority just because of, yes, our identity. I don't think we are supposed to get too caught up in who we are and we have authority because of who we are and who we are and who we are. I think it's always important and best to focus in on who he is and because of him. But the reality is, is because of him, he has given 
us authority. He has given us authority. So recognizing that you have authority and the enemy wants to lie to you and he wants to take that down. He wants to tell you, you do not have authority and oh, because you don't have the learning and oh, because you haven't gone to Bible college and because you don't have that and because you haven't been a Christian long enough and because you don't spend enough time in the word or because of this or because of that, you don't have authority. But the reality is, is because of who you are, your identity in Christ, you do. And so that I think is the first and foremost is recognizing what lies you're believing about your authority and repenting of, of partnering with those and, and agreeing with those and believing those because those aren't true. Read verses to yourself about your th- authority in Christ, your identity in Christ, and begin to know who you are in him and base your confidence in him first and foremost. Secondly, we have authority because of him. We have authority in him. And the verse that I want to share about that is 1 John 4, 4. And that says, um, little children, you are from God and have overcome them overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. One of my favorite verses, I quote that in part all the time. He who is in me is greater than he who is in this world. It's not always about us, how much we do, the way we say it, the way we pray it. You know, it's about him. It's because of him, because we have Holy Spirit, because we have God, because Jesus died for our sins, because he took our sins, because he paid the price, because we are covered by the blood of the lamb, because of that, because we are adopted into sonship through Jesus Christ. We have authority in him and he is greater. And the enemy is going to try to tell you, oh, no, you don't, you don't. I mean, you say, you say, you know what? Fine, I don't. He does. He does. It's that whole picture in The Lion King when when little Simba is is roaring at all the hyenas who are all around. And they're about to just take him down. And he's roaring. His roar is just pathetic. It's just small and it's pathetic. And they're laughing away at him. But then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, his daddy behind him roars, this giant roar. And they just go tearing out of there. Because it isn't about him. And yes, he has he has an identity in that movie. He has an identity. He is the son. He's the next king. And yet, yet, it is his father. And I, it's such a picture to me. It's such a picture of God. And just he is with us. He is in us. And because of that, we have authority in Christ. Not because of who we are, but because of who he is. I think that sometimes there are levels of authority. And I think that this is something that, um, you know, some people will look at those first two verses and there's so many verses like that. There's so many verses about our authority in Christ. There's so many verses about the authority that Jesus gave. And so we can walk in that. We can say, we have all authority. We have all authority. And, and yet there are also verses that there are basically levels of authority that some people do have more authority than others. And that is Acts 19, 15. And this is... Um, this is when they're trying to, you know, get out an evil spirit and this violent attack. And so in, in the ESV version, it says, but the evil spirit answered them, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I recognize, but who are you? Who are you? So there is this, this element of there are, there is something to be said for some people do have more authority than others. 
So where does that come from? I personally believe that it doesn't come from the words that we use or the power that we use or, you know, maybe if we speak it in this way. I believe that it comes from a relationship with God first and foremost. I believe that in the secret place that authority is cultivated. I think if you want to have authority when you speak, when you say something, when you pray for healing, when you, I believe that it starts in the secret place, not in out in public in in declaring it, but in the secret place of just relationship with Jesus. You see, the disciples had relationship with Jesus. They walked with Jesus. The more we walk with him, the more we talk with him, the more we have relationship with him. It's the fruit of the spirit becomes evident in our life because just by being with him, he changes us. So we are going to have authority when we are cultivating that relationship in the secret place, which actually, if we're talking about practical things, that comes with spending time with him, spending time with him. I also believe that there is um, authority based on our, I mean, the Bible does say the, the what is the verse now? Um, the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Our, our standing, and yes, because God has, Jesus paid the price for our sin, we are declared righteous, but we still have a responsibility to live our lives according to the, the, the new flesh. Like we are, we are no longer living by the flesh. We are now living in the spirit and we are called to walk in that. And it's, it's easy to say, okay, well, I'm saved. I'm a Christian and I'm just going to live my life however I want. And I'm covered by grace. But the reality is, is that we are called to put that aside. That old man has died and to walk in the fruit of the spirit. We are no longer slaves to sin. We are free to walk in the spirit, to walk in relationship with Jesus and to walk as as one who is righteous because we are not slaves to sin. And I think that though we are covered by grace and though God is, you know, good and he's redeemed us and all of those things, at the same time to just say that we are we are free to live our lives however we want, I think that's false. I don't agree with that. I do not believe that just because we've prayed a prayer that that's it, we're done, we're covered, and now we can live our life however we want because we can't serve two masters. So if we are serving sin and if we're serving, you know, our flesh and whatever our desires are and and whatever we feel like, then we are serving our flesh. We are serving our sinful desires. We are not serving God. So I think that that it is not just about that one moment. It is about walking that relationship with him. It's about daily confessing our sins to him and saying, God, forgive me for this and, and living in a life that is pure. Yeah, we're going to make mistakes. We're not perfect beings, but we are working out our salvation. We are working out our salvation. And that means wrestling with that. That means wrestling with our flesh. That means um, growing in righteousness and in our relationship with God. And I believe that the more that we do that, then yeah, I actually think that you are going to have more authority than somebody who is just living completely in the flesh. It's this picture of of we are spirit and we are flesh. We have our bodies and we have our spirit. And and we have the decision of of growing one or the other. It's like, you know, you go and you eat whatever you want and you do whatever you want. You watch on TV whatever you want and you yell at your kids because you're frustrated and you just do whatever that impulse is within you. That impulse is your flesh and you're following those impulses and you're just living your life however you so desire because you are are actually ruled by your flesh. What you want rules you. 
as opposed to growing in your spirit where you have spiritual discipline, where even though you are tired, you wake up and you spend time with God, where you say, I'm not going to watch that because I know that that wouldn't honor him. I know that that wouldn't please him. We're supposed to think about whatever is good, whatever is lovely. And so I choose that I'm not going to watch that. I choose that I'm not going to be gluttonous with this, even though that looks like it would taste good. I'm not just going to sit here and eat over and over and over again. You choose that instead of following the desires of your flesh, you are going to follow you are going to follow God and you are going to follow and grow in your spirit. And and when we do that, I believe that we grow in spiritual authority. So I think there's something to that. I think that there is something to be said for, yes, we are given authority. Yes, we have authority in Christ, but we can also grow that through our relationship with him and by living in relationship with him because of our love for him, not because we want to climb a mountain of authority, not because we want more to experience, you know, the glory or we want to experience the miracles, but because of our love for him. Because of our love for him, we are spending time with him. We are growing in our spirit. We are growing in our relationship with him. And therefore, I believe that we have more spiritual authority. So I think that that matters. A couple of things as far as now practical stuff, because I really believe in in not just saying this kind of stuff. You know, this is the kind of stuff that I am working on right now. And this is the kind of stuff that you'll see worked in to the Read the Bible um, in a year is that you'll see these sections in there. There's a section for, um, where is my Read Through the Bible in a Year? It's beside me. Give me a second. Um, there's a section for um, scripture memory work, prayer and praise, actionable steps. Do, 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 do. I'm looking for it. It's in the months, guys. That's what I'm looking for. In the month, at the beginning. So when you have your month, you have a place for spiritual disciplines. And what that section is for, it's for some of those things that basically you want to grow your spirit. Instead of growing in your flesh, and instead of growing and following your desires, I'm good at that. Okay, I'm really good at deciding that I want to sleep in because I want to sleep in. At, at getting frustrated with my kids and because I'm frustrated with my kids, just deciding that I'm going to react out of how I am feeling instead of reacting um, or out of out of my spirit or out of how I know that I'm supposed to because I am to following my flesh. And so to train yourself in that and to help yourself grow in your spirit, then you you kind of choose these spiritual disciplines and they help discipline you. Yeah, I do believe that we need to be disciplined. And so those are things like fasting. Those are things like praying, 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 prayers, prayers, praying, praying without ceasing, spending time with God, devotions, memory work, because God says, write, you know, write my word on on your doors, write them on your heart, write my word. God's word is powerful. And so I think, you know, choosing at least one spiritual discipline that you are going to work on throughout a month when you're starting out your month and just deciding that you are going to focus on that. You're going to grow in that and you're going to be diligent with that. That is helping you. That's making a decision that this month you are going to grow in your spirit as opposed to in your flesh. And I think one of the most powerful ways to do that, if you're really actually interested in that, is fasting. It is one of the most powerful ways of doing that because it is just such this mastery over your flesh. And it can be in small ways. It can be, I'm going to fast from Netflix. I'm going to fast from you know, social media, I'm going to fast from, you can choose different things that you're going to fast from. It doesn't have to be, it can be sugar. It can be what you feel like you are a slave to, that you have an inability to um, master that when you do that and then spend time in prayer. I think a lot of people begin something like that just for the sake of doing it. But when you do that 
for the purpose of growing in your spirit and growing in your relationship with God, then I think that that's where you're going to actually see that spiritual growth. And it also makes it more successful. So, you know, if you're going to do something like that, then spending that time with him instead and saying, okay, I'm going to cut this from my life so that I can do this and I can spend more time with you, Jesus. So spiritual disciplines, I think are huge. I think that's a great way of, of growing in that area and, and having more authority, having that relationship with him. When we have a relationship with God, we become like him and we know his heart and we hear him. I mean, how many verses in the Bible are somebody tries to go heal somebody and it is, you know, this per- this spirit is only healed with prayer and fasting. Or when somebody goes, it is, it's, you know, because of sin in their life that they need to repent of. Or it is because of demonic influence that needs to be rebuked. How do you know when you're going to pray for someone or when you're going to deal with something, what you're even dealing with is? It comes and stems from relationship with him. When you have a relationship with him, you're no longer praying. You know, you're praying and you're, you say, okay, I'm not seeing my prayers answered. Well, sometimes we're praying from a very selfish standpoint. And when we have a relationship with him, the more we become like him, the more that we are seeking him and we're seeking his heart and we are doing things out of love, then we begin to have those, those even that perception change to be more like him and to seek what he wants and to hear and know his heart. So when we're praying for things, we're praying for his will to be done, not ours. And and we hear his voice more clearly so that we know what we're dealing with and we can begin to step in authority because we're not just, you know, trying to figure it out as we go. We're hearing his voice and we are being specific and intentional. Um, believe and not doubt. And this is one of my favorite verses. I'm going to read this. This is James 1 when I went to Bible college for a semester. <laughs> um, I memorized the whole first chapter of James and I loved it. I did it in the NIV version. And this is James 1, 5 to 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding faults and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Faith. Having faith. Believing and having faith. I think that that's that's so incredibly key. And it's not the only thing. It isn't. I think there's so many other things to this. And like I said, I don't understand it all. I've prayed for my sister. I have not seen her healed. I've prayed sometimes for my kid's sickness and I have seen them not be healed. I don't see everything I ask for happen. I don't see that anything without, you know, anything that you ask is going to be given to you. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that in every single capacity. And I believe that sometimes that's partly my own self. I'm, I'm praying for my other selfish desires or whatever else. Again, I think there's a lot of cogs in the wheel. I think there's a lot of things that affect this. But I do believe that faith is big. I believe that faith is big because I, I know even in my own life that when I have prayed for things and I've actually asked myself, do I believe that this is going to happen? Do I believe that God even wants to do this? And I ask myself that, I realize that a lot of my own belief is I know you can, but I do not believe that you will. I do not believe that you will. And so recognizing that in ourselves, repenting of that and beginning to ask God to grow our faith and to grow our belief so that we can believe him for more and trust him for more and grow in this faith walk journey with him. Lastly, I believe that our words have power. Proverbs 18, 21 says the power and of life and death is in the tongue. 
John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Jesus is the Word of God. He is the Word made flesh. Jesus is the Word of God. And the words of God have power. They have authority. But the Bible says that so do ours, that we are supposed to tame our tongues, that the words that we speak have power. We have the potential of speaking scripture. That is powerful words. When we speak scripture, when we use the sword of the spirit, that has power. When we speak, I can't do this. I I am not equipped for this. I have no authority. And we speak these words out of our mouths and we agree and we align with these things or or we begin to doubt, then, then those have power. Those have power. Our words have power. And we take these thoughts, the Bible says, to take every thought captive. We take our thoughts and we just speak out whatever we want and we we do it with no thoughts or no intention. But the reality is that the things that we speak, I say all the time, I used to say, I'm getting better, but I used to say all the time, I can't do this. I can't do this. And God just so convicted me that when I say that, I'm giving that authority. I am deciding, I am choosing, and I am speaking that. We need to speak life. We need to speak life in our situations. We need to speak the word of God in our situations. We need to begin to use our tongue for life. And I think that's a huge, huge part of walking in authority. If you have this free read through the Bible in a year, at the back, I have this one page printable that for me is one of the key things of this whole thing. And that is the Sword of the Spirit page. And it is a place for you to do battle with the word of God and with your words and by your thoughts and taking those captive and speaking instead, God speaking God and speaking faith and speaking life over your situations. And I encourage you to use that page, photocopy it, print off as many as you need to for different situations that you face in your life. For me, I've got one page I'm working on right now that's on overwhelm and I am writing, I've written verses in there that I'm specifically going to use to speak out loud when I am feeling overwhelmed. This month, I'm one of my spiritual disciplines I'm working on is um, scripture memory work. And so I've taken one of these verses because overwhelm is something I face on a regular basis because of the scope of what I do on a day-to-day basis. I take this verse and it's Philippians 4, 6 to 7, I believe is what I'm working on. And I'm going to write it every single day. The whole thing, I'm going to speak it every single day. I am going to start my day with speaking those words over my life. And I'm going to begin to do battle over the thoughts in my mind, over the emotions and feelings that I am facing, and over the, the mountains that stand in front of me. And so speaking these words. Then at the bottom I have a place for praise and instead when I feel overwhelmed when I feel frustrated when I feel like oh I can't do this instead speaking in thankfulness and praise over what God has already done look back in your life see his faithfulness in your life and speak that into right now the situation you are facing sure right now it looks dark right now it looks dim but the reality is is God is faithful go back look back on your life find a situation when God was faithful and say thank you that you were faithful to me then thank you that you are going to be faithful to me now thank you that you rescued me from this situation thank you that you're going to rescue me now thank you that you are the same yesterday today and forever thank you that you are good regardless of my experience thank you that you are faithful no matter what my eyes may see I trust I believe that you are faithful and you begin to praise and you begin to take the thoughts and you take them captive and instead you speak what is true. 
You speak what is true, which is the word of God and is, is who he is. And you speak it out loud, out loud. You speak those words out loud. So I encourage you to use those pages to specifically tackle areas in your life that you are struggling with, areas in your life that the enemy is attacking you in, or areas in your life that you just feel downtrodden or frustrated or overwhelmed in, and to begin to walk in authority, if not in the experiences that you see. Because you may, like I said, go through your life like like the hall of faith people and some of these areas you may never see your answered prayer until the other side of heaven. I know my sister is going to be healed. Whether she is healed on this side of heaven or whether she is healed when she's with Jesus, I know she's going to be healed of this. I know she is. And so I can walk in confidence knowing that God's will is going to be done and trusting him even if I don't see it right now even if I don't see it right now. And that is faith and that is authority that I'm going to walk instead, not maybe having authority over every circumstance that I face, over every storm that comes my way, but instead I can have authority over my mind, over my thoughts, over my feelings, over how I react, over what I do in these situations. Because Jesus said, do not be deceived. In this world, you're going to have many troubles. We're going to face many, many things. It's not that we are promised this perfect life where we're just, everything's under our feet and we're just going to walk in authority. Nothing can, nothing can flounder us. We're never going to have difficulties. We're never going to have hardship. We are. That's one thing we can be certain of. You are going to have hardship. Instead, walking in authority, instead of thinking of it in that nothing bad can happen to me and I have authority over everything, instead saying you have authority over your thoughts. You have authority over how you deal with things. You have the authority to praise despite it. And the enemy can't take that from you. He can't take it from you. He's going to try. He's going to attack you here. He's going to attack you there. He's going to try to discourage you here. But you can choose to have joy in any circumstance. The joy of the Lord can be your strength in the midst of grief, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of trial, in the midst of, of, of anything that you face, you can experience the joy and, and nothing can take that away. Nothing can take that away. And then you have victory and then you have authority. You have authority in that. So shifting your perspective of what it means to have spiritual authority and beginning to walk in relationship with him first and foremost and having authority over the way that we perceive things and seeing things kingdom minded, that is the key in my mind and what I am working towards. Not mastered. I'm a mastered. I'm a mastered anything in my life, but I am working towards. And those are some of the things that God has been teaching me. So that's it. Wow. This was a super long podcast. Um, and super, super preachy. That was probably my most preachy thing I've ever done. And I am just going to see what happens with it. And I'm just going to hit publish, uh, right now. So anyways, thank you so much. If you listened in for that whole thing, I hope it was encouraging. I would love to hear your feedback. Um, I would also love for you to review this podcast, not even because I actually know how to read them because I don't, (laughs) but more so because it helps other people find it. And the more that other people find this, the more that I think that God can use it in people's lives. So I would love your help with that. And if you have questions, things you want to see on this podcast, um, want to see my speaking schedule, any links that I mentioned today, get the free read through the Bible in a year, come on over to homeschoolon.com, hit podcast in the menu, find this episode, and you can find all the links that we mentioned today. So thank you for listening. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your week. And I can't wait for next week when we get to talk about our first week with our reading in our read through the Bible in a year. All right, we'll talk to you guys soon.